Welcome to part one of Health System CIO's interview with Cheryl Sipek, CIO at Chapters Health System. In this segment, we talk about how her team is working to support the entire care navigation piece rather than just one episode, the changes she'd like to see in the referral process, especially when it comes to hospice patients, and why the organization's recent EHR selection process proved to be a learning experience for both parties. The following Health System CIO podcast is brought to you by LK, a nationwide leader in healthcare connectivity. Decommission your legacy systems with LK Archive. All systems, all data, one consolidated solution. Retain 100% of your legacy data at 20% of the cost with LK Archive. For more information, visit lk.com. That's E-L-L-K-A-Y dot com. So I think the best place to start is with some information about Chapter's health system, what type of care you provide, where you're located, things like that. Sure. So we're located in the Tampa Bay area, nice sunny Florida location. Uh, And we cover eight counties currently that we provide care in and growing. Um, We have a range of services across our continuum, really in the non-acute, non-physician practice setting. So we do home health, both private duty and uh, Medicare certified care. Uh, We provide palliative care medicine, basically through consults in hospitals and nursing homes. And also we have a a clinic-based palliative care in the community. And then the largest portion of our care today is hospice, although that's Mm -hmm. starting to shift. But the largest portion is hospice, and we do uh, hospice in seven counties with three hospice affiliates. Across those counties, we have seven freestanding care centers, inpatient mm-hmm. care units, um, and one that is hospital-based. That actually all adds up to about 156 beds mm-hmm. across seven counties. So a bit like running a community hospital that's chopped up in eight pieces. Right. <laughs> okay. And then we also have our own pharmacy So we provide, currently we provide um, all of our own pharmacy services or the majority of our pharmacy services to our hospice service line. So to put that in perspective, we fill about 170,000 prescriptions annually in our pharmacy. Okay. And so, yeah, I imagine it it really has made a difference having that uh, owned by the system. It does. You know, it gives us obviously some control over costs and quality in terms of how we manage the pharmacy services that are provided to our hospice patients. Right. And you had said that the largest portion of care provided is in hospice, but that that was shifting, and what did you mean there? So right now, I mean, hospice has always kind of been the driver in the organization, Mm -hmm. but we're really trying very hard through growth, both organic and through acquisitions, to be able to provide better solutions for our patients further upstream in the care continuum. And they're all very complementary. I mean, home health, many of our hospice patients really could benefit from private duty care services. Um, And then, of course, many home health patients start out managing some post-acute episodes and then perhaps move into our palliative care group. 
may stay there for some period of time while we manage a chronic illness for them or may move quickly, you know, into hospice. So it's really that whole care navigation piece. I mean, that's really what we do. You know, we've called it post-acute for a long time, but Mm -hmm. really what we do now is navigate a patient's care when they want to stay in their home. Yeah, and I think that that's, it's important to to point that out because to say post-acute care doesn't really give the full picture, I think. Right. I mean, it really implies that there was an acute episode at some point in Mm -hmm. time. But I can tell you from personal experience, my father is in one of our hospice programs now. And in the one year plus that he's been diagnosed with, with his cancer diagnosis, he's never had a hospital episode in that entire time. So he's had outpatient surgery. He's been in outpatient cancer treatment centers. He's been to a palliative care clinic, but he's never once had an acute episode. So that's really what we're trying to accomplish, right? Most people would much prefer to stay in their home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sure that that's, that's difficult. But, um... <laughs> well, he's an amazing person, so he wouldn't shock me if, as we say, he graduated from hospice at some point, so... That's great. Would you say that most of the patients come through referrals or how has that worked out in the past? I mean, yes, we get everything from referrals from their physician. More of those we wish because it still continues to be a hard conversation for most physicians to have because that's not how they're trained. They're trained to fix, cure, you know, that type of thing. But certainly uh, referrals come from there. Referrals come from hospitals. Unfortunately, those are often late in the game. The hospice benefit sort of has a little frame drawn around it as a six-month benefit. It doesn't mean that we can't provide services longer, but we often get referrals from hospitals where the patient is hours to days away from passing. So we'd prefer to give that benefit much further upstream for a patient, which of course, when you get referrals from home health or palliative care, that's definitely what's happening. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, a patient or a family member will re- can refer themselves. They'll contact us. Um, that happens even surprisingly to me, but it does happen. Okay. So now in terms of the, the clinical applications, what do you have in place as far as EHR solutions? So right, right now, and I've been with chapters for about three years, we have three very siloed electronic medical records for each service line that we currently provide. So that's, as you can imagine, challenging in and of itself And given the solutions that we have, it's quite challenging to also be able to interface outside of our organization. So, and then yet another system for our pharmacy, because our pharmacy really functions as both an outpatient pharmacy, filling prescriptions for our hospice patients, and an inpatient pharmacy if they're admitted into our, you know, inpatient level of care in our our hospice houses. And then, of course, there's all the (laughs) bolt-ons. That go with those EMRs. It's really, I will tell you, after spending the majority of my career in integrated health systems in New England, you know, this was my first foray into this home health, palliative care, hospice world, and the solutions are quite different for these areas. Less mature than what what I was used to. (laughs) 
Sure. Yeah, I, I was going to ask. I mean, it, it's a market that we really don't even hear too much about, which I'm sure is just an added challenge when you're trying to find ways to, to make that information it, flow more effectively. It, it is. I mean, in the integrated world where you have the epics and the metatechs and the cerners, these areas were often afterthoughts. Not that they didn't offer these applications, but they it wasn't where they were putting their research and development dollars. Certainly, it wasn't being driven by anything like meaningful use or anything like that. So there are starting to be some stronger players in this space, recognizing exactly what you mentioned earlier in the conversation, that care is going to be driven into the home. I mean, there's just no way that, that our health system will have the capacity to handle the volume of patients that are going to have to be cared for. And, and in fact, generations coming are going to want to be in their home. Right. So, Yeah, sure. So is it something where, where you're working to, to find a system or kind of where do you yes. stand right now with that? So yeah. last year, a good portion of the year was spent in a fairly traditional vendor selection process quite different, I think, from what chapters had ever gone through in the past um, as it relates to EMRs. And and we also learned uh, throughout the process quite different than most of the vendors in that space have experienced Mm -hmm. because, you know, often a a hospice agency or a home health agency is a a relatively small organization. And, you know, you, you kind of have the opportunity as a vendor to go in and do the dog and pony show and they picked the one with the shiniest objects you know right Um, oh yeah and that's the best they can do you know they're small and they don't have resources dedicated you know we're very Mm -hmm. fortunate because of our size that we were able to apply some very good resources to the project and engage everyone from our executive team through the staff level and I think Really, our due diligence and our team coming together on this really was kind of fun for me after all these years doing this to see some enthusiasm build in people that haven't participated in a process quite like this before. So that was really, really quite enjoyable. And I, and I think ultimately we found a solution that's going to really bank a difference for us going forward. And because this, is, this was a different selection process in a lot of ways, I'm sure that the implementation as well is going to be a new experience. So um, I'm sure that that's a big focus as far as how you run an approach that. That's this year's focus. Right. (laughs) Or one of them. Yeah. Okay. And um, what's the solution or product that you're using? So the vendor at the time, and of course this is healthcare software vendors, so the one you think you're selecting becomes a different one by the end of the selection. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, the vendor that we had selected or were working towards contracting with was a company called Consolo. Mm-hmm. And Consolo was acquired right at the end of last year by a company called WellSky. Okay. So WellSky is like some other vendors in this space, putting together solutions that will really work across the continuum of care in this home care space. But for us, their decision to acquire Consolo just kind of solidified our decision to select them because uh, we felt that they were the, the leading vendor in the space as we looked at, at all the different vendors. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com podcast.